He came down with them, Luke says. He came down and stood on a level place with them. God came down. This is the thing that makes the Christian life, walking with Jesus, truly unique. It's that God came down to live life with us, to be with us, to stand with us on our level, face to face, and to be truth to us, to show us the way, teaching us and demonstrating how God's law, a law of love, looks in the flesh. Jesus came down to minister to a hurting world and and, and his followers, they come with him. We too are called to work for a level place for all, a place where all people can experience healing, be made whole participants in community life, be filled, laugh, leap for joy, where all can flourish, creation as a banquet table where all know, deep down in their souls, know that they are welcomed and each soul feels their worth. This is the plan of God. The very God who on the first page of the Holy Bible said, let there be light and there was light. That same God who formed the human from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so that he became a living being who planted a garden in Eden and out of the ground may grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food, who made another human for companionship who shaped the original humans without so much as a whiff of shame. That God, that same God, came down to care for those beloved children who have been unfairly denied access to all of the places and all of the benefits in the beautiful garden that God made for everyone. That God about whom the psalmist sings, when I look at your heavens, The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place. What what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to us? That very same God, Luke says, he came down with them with the great crowd of his disciples and the great multitude of people, he came down and stood on a level place with them, with us. God did. God does. Because, and it's amazing here, the psalmist says, he made you and me, he made us just nearly divine. Those first humans, however, they were led astray led to feel that in the presence of such abundance that there was something, somehow something more that they deserved. Perhaps this was the original sin. 
They became plagued by the fear of scarcity. They became ashamed and divisive and violent. When we look around, many people on God's earth are not cherished as nearly divine, are they? Not not treated like children of the living God who hung the stars in the sky. There are those who work as hard, harder even, I would say, than someone who's taking home a fat paycheck, who don't get time in their day to enjoy the peace and the joy that God intends, who don't get paid vacations or sick leave, who don't get health insurance or retirement, who can't get ahead enough to save up for a car or much less a down payment on a house. This current inequality is not God's plan. God planted a garden for everyone to enjoy the fruits, where everyone bears God's stardust-stained fingerprints on their precious faces. The life that God breathed into humanity means that all life is cherished by God and all should be treated as such. So Luke says, he came down. And God doesn't stay in the heavens, and Jesus comes down from his mountaintop prayer retreat to reconcile, to restore, to make whole again, so that those who are poor would know their blessedness and have access to its fruits, so that those who are grieving, who spend more days cloaked in sadness than bathing in joy, would feel the warmth of laughter again. Those who live with the fear of another closed door or hurtful words would know the deep relief of the unconditional embrace of God. And that is why he came down. Luke says Jesus comes down to a level place. He comes down to our level and he's surrounded by the multitude of desperation, of grief, longing, hope. And we are all trying to touch him. We're all reaching out, trying to get a feel of him. There's power coming out of him, Luke says. Power is just pouring out of him. It's Garden of Eden power. It's earth creation power. It's moon and stars power. It's resurrection power. It's like a a truck full of the answer to all of our prayers and our deepest Longings and our hungry hearts had just tipped over on the highway and we're all rushing uh, to fill our pockets and to stoop down and slurp up every drop of mercy that we can. That's what it's like when Jesus has come down. Jesus must have ended up on his knees or maybe he's sitting uh, cross-legged like we do in yoga. Uh, Lydia calls it a crisscross applesauce. I think he's doing that because Luke says that he looked up at his disciples. Isn't that interesting? He looked up at his disciples. You'd never expect that from God to look up to you, to humble himself as he's pulsating with all of this healing power to get lower even than those in need. But God comes to our level. So God can look you in that beautiful face that God made. I love how when someone comes into our free clinic to meet with a nurse, someone who's been maybe turned away time and time again 
who can't hardly trust a soul. Love how they're welcomed as honored guests into an exam room, invited to have a seat, and face to face with a nurse who will uh, be with them as long as they need. It's dignifying. It shows honor to one who is opening up and trusting a nurse with their pain, inviting a healing touch. And that's what Jesus does. He honors every person in that crowd. He gets to our level. He shows us what it should feel like, really feel like, when we know our worth. Blessed are you, he says. Blessed are you. You who are poor, Jesus says, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom of God. It's his kingdom, and he's giving it to the poor. Those who have ears, let them listen. The kingdom is going to the poor, along with laughter and joy. It's going to the poor and also to the weeping. And to those who have been so long excluded and turned away, walled out, denied, redlined, imprisoned, discriminated against, targeted, sold out, left behind, you get it all. You get the keys of the kingdom. You've worked and suffered and waited long enough. You don't have to earn this. Should have been yours all along. See, the fruits of the garden, they're not supposed to be for just the few. The gifts of having a time to rest from labors, that's actually a command from God. The Bible says that God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. But if you can't get time off work to go visit the trees in the forest, and you don't have transportation, and your neighborhood has no green space and you live in a food desert, well then how do you get access to the garden with its pleasant trees, or to the beach, or to the hiking trails, or to the produce department? Meanwhile, there are folks who live in the garden all the time, who have big yards filled with trees, who take vacations anywhere in creation, who have fresh fruits delivered to our front doors, carried into our homes. The garden comes to us. And God has seen this abundance and this imbalance, and it has pained God. So Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. Woe to you who have all of this, take all this luxury for granted, or even have the audacity to look at abundance and still see scarcity. Whoa. And for those of us who are convicted by Jesus' woes, it's because I think at some level we know that we have indeed received our consolation in life. Our wealth and our laughter and popularity that they've come not purely from our own merit, our hard work, or brilliance, but maybe even more so because of our privilege, the place and family into which we were born, gender, ethnicity, race, the type of educational opportunities afforded to us all factor into our success. We may have witnessed less violence or trauma 
experienced less stress or insecurity or had more resources or understanding how to access mental health care or any health care at all. We had greater support, perhaps. Perhaps we knew that even if we struggled, you know, we really wouldn't fall that far. There were people around us out there who would grab us, help us out. Fact of the matter is, before we even take our first breath, the scales have already been set, and it's not fair. Stephen Jay Gould was an influential scientist. He taught at Harvard. He worked for the American Museum of Natural History. He wrote hundreds of essays. He was named a living legend by the Library of Congress. The guy was smart and successful and important. But he also knew enough about biology to know that he was not exceptional. He was privileged. His genius, like Einstein's, was not intrinsic, not purely biological, but situational. And so Gould himself wrote that I am somehow less interested in the weight and convolutions of Einstein's brain than the near certainty that people of equal talent have lived and died in cotton fields and sweatshops. You know, less than 50% of the students in this school system graduate, the root cause of which is poverty with all of its baggage. How many geniuses uncultivated, heroes unencouraged, artists uninspired? Woe, says Jesus. Not forever. See, this is exactly what God has been seeing. Creation out of whack. A study last week showed the nation's richest 400 people have more wealth than the 150 million people making up the bottom 60% combined. And that gap is actually only growing. Woe, says Jesus. We have to deal with these woes. My friend David Bartlett preaching on the topic of blessing and woes in Luke's Gospel said, Most of us are stuck not just with the original sin attributed to Adam, but with the original sin that comes with being American and middle class. I hope there's a better world coming, he said, not just in the hereafter, but in the here. And I know that a better world for the many will mean a more modest world for the few. For me and my family, too. And brothers and sisters, that more modest world is the better way. For where some see modesty, others see luxury. And God sees the garden. The table finally set for, for God's whole beloved community. The great multitude. The afflicted, the sick, the desperate who cry out to God, God has heard, God has seen, God has come down with healing power just pouring out of him and it is abundant. It's enough to heal us all. When Christ comes to us, we all become his blessed, his beloved. He extends an invitation to a great banquet table for all. First and foremost to the poor, and the hungry, and the mourning, the excluded, the reviled as honored guests. It's a welcome table. 
for all God's children. So I hope that you'll sing with me, actually, a a song about this this table, this vision. It says, I'm going to sit at the welcome table. I'm going to sit at the welcome table. I'm going to sit at the welcome table one of these days. Then it says, I'm going to feast on milk and honey. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to feast on milk and honey. I'm going to feast on milk and honey one of these days. And then it says, all God's children are going to sit together. All God's children are going to sit together. All. All. God's children are going to sit together. I'm going to sit at the welcome table. I'm going to sit at the welcome table one of these days. I'm gonna sit at the welcome table sit at the welcome table one of these days I'm gonna feast on milk and honey I'm gonna feast on milk and honey oh I'm gonna feast on milk and honey one of these days hallelujah I'm gonna feast on milk and Gonna feast on milk and honey one of these days. All God's children are gonna sit together. All God's children are gonna sit together. Let me hear it. All God's children are gonna sit together one of these days. Hallelujah. God's children are gonna sit together. All God's children are gonna sit together one day. I'm gonna sit at the welcome table. I'm gonna sit at the welcome table, oh, I'm gonna sit at the welcome table one of these days. Sit at the welcome table one of these days. I'm gonna sit at the welcome table one of these days. I'm gonna sit at the welcome table. Sit at the welcome table one of these days. One of these days. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.